Hello, my dear sweet friends. Welcome to Being Witchy, where I talk about how anyone can be a witch, do witchcraft on a budget, and help you connect with what may work for you. I'm your witchy host, Michelle Lorraine, and I'm so grateful to be able to spend this time with you. Just a friendly reminder that being witch is not a bad thing. It certainly is not something that comes from Satan or the devil, or so I've heard. In fact, that is a made-up story that was created a few centuries ago to deny people the right to believe in their old pagan customs and traditions. I've got news for you. It is not from the devil. Mm-mm. That is a scare tactic if ever there was one. <laughs> Witches have become associated with badness, and sure, it's fun on Halloween, but I assure you that the real ones, yours truly included, are all about the goodness. So come explore it more with me. With each episode, I like to give you a tarot reading, provide a journal and meditation prompt, and talk about a tool of the practice. I encourage you to take notes, but if you'd like to just listen, I'll be providing my podcast notes on my website at potionsandparchment.com. Okay, I want to do something a little different today. As you know, this podcast is still a work in progress for me, and I'd like to thank you, my listeners, for your continued support as I work through to determine best practices to make this the best for you, and honestly, the best for me to do this for you. I'll be transparent and let you know that life has been happening here on my end. We had a plumbing repair in the room next to where I record, And as part of that repair, a company came in and put in lots of big, huge fans and dehumidifiers. And wow, it was really tough to record with all that going on. I was tempted to turn them off, but I didn't want to stop the work it was doing. And we really needed that repair done. Also, I want to let you know that I'm going to be changing things up a bit and slowing down on the frequency of episodes from daily to weekly. And here's why. Uh, It was a little ambitious to go daily. (laughs) That's why I missed a couple of days. This is, this is actually takes a bit of work to do. And I think weekly is going to be great. Uh, There's a lot to learn with each episode with the information. You know, I want to give you a lot of good information, a lot of good writing prompts, and you and I can develop a routine together in our busy lives. I want to make sure I spend a good amount of time preparing a really good podcast for you. And also, it will give you more time to review all the notes and fully absorb each of the topics. So I just want to thank you again for bearing with me and your continued support and really love that you continue to hang out with me. Okay, so today is going to be a unique and very special episode because it's going to be really important to talk about this. Before I get into the weekly reading, I want to connect with you on something that's very close to my heart. Last year, I learned that my best friend from my childhood took her life on Christmas Day. I had no idea she was feeling that bad. And to be honest, I know all too well what her thought process was. Yes, I myself have struggled with thoughts of wanting to be relieved from the task of living. So I'm going to make a confession that this past week was a rough week. 
and some of those old thoughts slipped in again. As the season changes and there is less light, and as obstacle after obstacle occurs, those of us who struggle with either intermittent depression or seasonal depression or maybe generalized up and down depression can start to experience some symptoms of real lows and real heartache. So I want to talk about this because it's important. It's important to acknowledge that this feeling exists in a lot more people than others might like to let on. And I want to say to anyone out there who is listening, if you're having trouble getting from one day to the next, I see you, I get you. I know personally what that's like to struggle to function, to wonder if people care the way we'd like them to care, and if we can seriously keep taking the hits that keep coming sometimes. It's so hard to feel that way, and I truly know and can relate to that feeling. Sometimes the melancholy can grip so hard and the tears start pouring like a river that just makes us, well, want to escape. I want to tell you that as much as I want to escape sometimes, I remember who it would hurt if I did. I have people in my life that rely on me to be here. I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a niece, I'm a friend, I'm a neighbor. And transferring my pain to them is not something I want to do. But it's really tempting sometimes to want to give up. And I, and I understand that. And I want to tell you that if you've ever felt that way, I don't want you to feel stigmatized by it. It happens. And it's sometimes it's part of the life of being human. So I want to share with you, as I've gotten older, I've, I've figured out some ways to get through those moments. And I, there are about six main things that I'm going to tell you how I get through it. And I really hope it helps you. First, I just go ahead and cry. I'm talking ugly cry. <laughs> uh, Dane Cook does uh, a sketch on this and I want you to listen to it. it it'll make you both relate to it and also help you understand you're not alone in it. But I look at that as an emotional release. You know, there are sometimes you just can't get away from it. And it's going to happen. And sometimes it's better to just go ahead and let it come and get it done. And this might kind of sound strange or weird or gross, but I look at it as kind of like an emotional vomiting you know, that heartache just sits like a poison on our chest and we just have to let it out and cry. And in the moment, it's awful. Oh, you know, just you feel the absolute, absolute worst and lowest of low and thoughts come in so circular. Just, oh, you know, you're feeling alone. You don't feel like there's anyone to talk to. And those thoughts just spiral down, you know. And I don't know about you, but I don't like it when anyone sees me like that. So I wait until I'm alone and I get a big box of plenty of tissues and just time to let it all out. And in those moments, the past has a funny way of repeating in our minds, you know, those recent hurts or not so recent hurts. The human emotional output seems so unique in that moment, but I assure you, you are not alone in having those moments and it's okay. It really is okay to not be okay. The world can be a bit cruel and harsh and sometimes 
If you're noticing that, I want you to know, my friend, you're not the only one who notices. I get you. I really do. And believe it or not, there are other people that get it too. Whether you ugly cry or wail or you're one of those silent ones that makes more water out of your face than you thought you could make, just know it's something that everyone does. They don't tell people, but they do. Whether you're young or old, male, female, non-binary, rich, poor, healthy, or sick, life just finds a way to kick those tears out of you. You're not alone in this. So the next thing I do when I'm feeling like that is I give myself 15-minute increments at a time. I tell myself, get through 15 minutes, just 15 minutes. And then after those 15 minutes are up, I get through the next 15 minutes and so on. Then I get through the next 30 minutes and get through the next hour and get through the afternoon and the evening and just sleep and get up the next day and get through that day. Sometimes you just have to get through that week, get through a couple of months, get through that year. You got to get through it. I know the feeling of wanting to give up, but don't. Get through those increments. Hang on for a few more minutes. Hang on for a few more minutes and a few 30 minutes and a few more hours. Hang on. The third thing to remember, and this is another thing that helps me get through it. Acknowledge the significance of what this is. Deep moments of sadness tend to be relationship oriented or situation oriented. I have to pull back and remember, I cannot discount the weight of the loss. We tend to ascribe the heavy losses only to death, right? And we don't give credit due when it's an end of a relationship or it's a situation that really had our hopes up and it didn't go the way we had worked so hard to make it go. If we discount a situation as being trivial to us, We discount ourselves and what we're going through. So here's the thing. By acknowledging the weight of it, we can then acknowledge why the loss hurts so extremely deeply and for a very long time. And depending on the weight of it, depending on how that means to you and how really big it is, you can acknowledge the possibility that it's something that you're going to have to continue to deal with and it may be hard to ever get over it and it may change you a bit. So don't discount the weight of it. Just like those who have lost someone in death, we will have moments where we are reminded of those significant and very important people or events and it will likely trigger sadness again at some point. Simply acknowledging the truth of this and allowing yourself to be in grief as if it were a death allows you to truly and fully process it. And it sets your expectations for yourself that sometimes it's okay to not be okay. One of the things I will never do to you, my friend, in those moments is give you a dose of toxic positivity. Yes, it's outright poison. I don't know if you've ever heard of toxic positivity, but it's something I just, I don't appreciate. Toxic positivity is an attempt by the listener to stop being uncomfortable with your pain. 
and they seek to avert your focus onto something that is more comfortable for them to talk about. And I would encourage anyone listening to refrain from using toxic positivity. And here is what I mean by what is toxic positivity. Let's say you lost your job and you want to talk through how it happened. Try to understand why. And you want to talk about how upset you're feeling around it. Now, let's say that the person that you've chosen to confide in and talk to says something like, well, chin up, buttercup, this is meant to be. And look at it this way. Now you have time to look for a better job. While that person may be true and maybe their intentions are good, honestly, it makes me frustrated when I hear something like that. I don't know about you, but I will say this, it completely dismisses the emotion that you're currently having about the situation. It averts any rehashing of how the event happened and it avoids any productive problem-solving conversation about how to tackle the real problem that results from it. Like for this example, when someone loses a job, they're going to experience some real financial problems as a result of the loss of the job. I mean, after all, people don't work for nothing. They work so they can support themselves and their families. A better way to approach this person would be to say to your friend who is clearly upset something like this. Oh, friend, I am so sorry to hear this. That really sucks. This is something that shouldn't happen to anyone, much less someone as dear as you are to me. How in the world did it happen? When you say something like that, you acknowledge that it sucks. You acknowledge why they're upset and it gives them an opportunity to talk and release and you're letting them know you have time to hear them and hear their story. After you've listened to their story, continue to acknowledge how upsetting this is and be on their side. Please do not play devil's advocate and I don't know if You've ever heard that phrase playing devil's advocate, but it's when, you know, the person is upset, but you're saying, oh, well, look at the person who, you know, fired you. They had to do it because of their budget. No, 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 no. Don't do that. (laughs) The devil isn't without a job. Your friend is. Be on your friend's side. Simply being there, listening, acknowledging their feelings about it and validating that if you were in their shoes, you'd have the same feelings too. That is the hallmark of a real sincere friendship. Be the real and sincere one. And then from that point, if they seem open to it, again, if they seem open to it, you can start to help them think about what they might do next and share any anecdotes that have helped either you or someone else you know through a similar situation. And I can't stress enough, get a feel for if they're open to that talk about next steps, they might not be ready. They may need more time to sit with it, think about it, and know what they want to do next. Sometimes people just don't know. They're, they're in the emotional response phase, and they haven't had a chance to figure out what they want to do next. So what you can do is let them know what their options are with you, what you can offer. You can offer to let them know that you're willing to listen again if they need to talk through it again. Or if you have something tangible that you can offer to them, go ahead and offer that very specific thing. Are you able to be a reference for them? 
Do you have resume writing skills that you can offer them? Do you know someone who's hiring and maybe you could connect them? You can offer those very real, very tangible offers of support. Or you know what, if you can't offer those things, maybe you could cook a meal for them or send something to them in the mail to let them know you're thinking of them. But those are real tangible things that you can do to support your friend. But never, and I mean never, tell someone who is in distress to just cheer up or have a better attitude or look on the bright side of something else. Oh, makes me so mad. (laughs) It's so dismissive and really is a surefire way to let them know they absolutely cannot count on you to be a friend. I always want to tell those people, do you think if I had a little mood switch in my brain, I wouldn't just go ahead and use it? I'd love to go from sad to happy real quick. So um, just it's a pet peeve of mine when folks are like that. So just be real. Acknowledge what's really going on. Be a real friend. The fourth thing that I like to do as I'm getting through those sad moments, I'm blowing my nose and wiping my face and catching my breath, you know, is I just listen to what my body is asking for. I may want to lay there for the afternoon and just rest. Sometimes sleep deprivation contributes to a feeling of even being feeling lower. So a nap can be helpful. I might get up and drink a big, tall glass of cool water just to refresh myself a bit. I might take a long, warm shower. Maybe a little even more crying happens. It just sometimes it keeps going a little bit. But in that time when you are grieving, and call it what it is, it's grieving, it's important to do some self-care. Whatever it is that you would like to indulge in to care for yourself, whether it's a warm shower, a chocolate, a tea, two hours of binging on your favorite TV show that no one in the house likes but you love, calling out sick for the afternoon, just don't feel guilty. Don't feel like you have to go work on anything. Let yourself off the hook. Remember how much weight this has on you? Your grief is valid and it was triggered. And like you may have seen before, when you have an injury on your body, you stop and you tend to it. When you have an injury in your heart or in your mind, you should stop and take care of it. Take care of you. The fifth thing I do is remember to not be mean to myself. Oh, this one's a challenge. As you may know, our internal dialogue can be the very worst to ourselves, right? Oh, we say awful things to ourselves. A long time ago, uh, before I was going through a divorce and I was really low on myself and beating myself up and my self-esteem was honestly in the tank, my friend said to me, if you were your own child, would you say the things to your child that you say to yourself? I had never heard or been asked that question before, and it really made me think. I have a son, and there's absolutely no way I'd ever come close to saying anything so awful to him as I say to myself. So I I realized I did need to stop doing that. And it's not easy to do. When the world just seems to reject everything we are, everything we want to do or believe in, Uh, It can be hard not to want to believe that about ourselves, but don't believe it. If no one else is going to be your advocate, you have to be, and you can be, you have a right to be. 
You have you always. You're always with you. You don't need to give up on you. That's what people mean when they say, take care of your inner child. You know, what would you do for your baby? If you were to look into your sweet baby's little eyes, what would you say to your baby? You would probably, you should probably change that to what would you say to you? And it'd be the same thing that you would say to your child. The sixth and final thing I do is I try to remember when I'm feeling that low and out of options, that means it's taking way longer than I'd like and I'm not feeling in control. I have to stop sometimes and remember, I got a job before I can do it again. I made a great friend before I can do it again. It's just not happening fast enough. It's Maybe I'm not doing enough to make that happen. So maybe that's the same thing for you. Maybe it's, you have to remember that you were able to do this thing before and you can do it again. Or if it's something you've never had, know that there is a way to either eventually get it or have an acceptable alternative. And it's going to take some time. And that's kind of the key point here. This moment that you're having right now, it's not going to last forever. This period of time that's hard and awful and feels the worst, it will not, I repeat, will not last forever. Life is truly a moving river. It's always going forward. It's always passing through time. And this isn't going to last forever. You will come out of hell on the other side. To have a sense of control, start planning something, any little tiny thing, just something that's toward progress. The solution may not be a fast one, but there is a way to have either that thing or an alternative or perhaps a new goal and you can get there. I will tell you, I almost decided not to continue with this podcast because again, I was low on myself and I'm thinking, "Eh, who wants to listen to a stupid podcast called Being Witchy, right? Well, first of all, I shouldn't call it stupid because I'm doing it and it matters to me. Um, So we'll just call it my little podcast. And I was inspired to keep going with it for a couple of reasons. It is about a spiritual practice. That's an alternative to Christianity and other things that people are starting to get turned off by, but they don't necessarily want to, you know, cut off the possibility of having spirituality and some of those benefits in their lives. So I want, it's helped me to find it and I want to help other people find it so that they can feel better and use it and, and do some things to, to help them. And for the second reason, I wanted to go ahead and share my real story with you because I think sometimes when people are going through things, they think they're all, they're only ones going through it. And I wanted to be a voice out here for you saying, my friend, I know this sucks. You're not going through things alone. This world can be really harsh sometimes. And I'm so sorry. And that's my sympathy. Sorry. It's uh, gosh, you know, it's just not easy. And if I could, I would hug you and I'd say everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. Take a breath Take a moment and notice that you're here. You're breathing. 
you're being with us and you have some really great things about you. You know that you really do. And I have to remember it about me and you have to remember it about you. And we're going to do this together. You are being something to me right now. Just by simply listening to my little podcast, you're helping me. And that means a lot to me. You've brought light and love into my life. And you've made my life better just by being you and being here and being with me. I hope that means something. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you for giving that to me. You matter and you are wonderful and you have a right and you deserve to have good things in your life. And you don't have to stop working for that. You have a right. And listen, you are not alone. Life is a tough thing. And I know you know this, but it helps to hear it from someone else. It helps to hear someone else say it, even if we know it. There's something about someone else's voice coming into our ears saying it. Life is hard. Life is messy. Life is not easy for anyone. Whatever social media is telling you, don't believe it. Everyone has something tough going on, but they're all being private about it. Sometimes I wish people would talk about the real stuff going on in their lives even more, but you know what? They don't have to. That's their prerogative. They don't have to share that. Neither do you. Um, But just know that everybody's going through something. So get out there and make a real phone call to somebody. Have a real sit down coffee conversation with someone and you'll find out that their life may not be as grand as what they might portray online. We're all real humans trying to make it here. And again, because it feels good to hear someone else say it, I'm going to say it to you. Everything is going to be okay. You're here. You're breathing. You're with us. And I thank you for that. Okay, so I wanted to get through that. I wanted to talk about it. It's important. And now I want to get back to the gist of this podcast, get back to giving you some things, give you your weekly reading, talk about a tool of the practice, and then end this show on what is All Hallows Eve. Yes, it's our new year for witches. And I hope you're going to have some fun with it. Um, All right, let's start with a reading. Okay. Today is October 30th, 2021. I have pulled the star card for our guidance for the week, and here is what it tells us. It tells us that it's time to focus on your energy to yourself. You've spent a lot of energy working on things to improve aspects of your life. Just be careful that you don't overexert yourself. This card reminds us not to drain our energy or drain our resources. Restore your energy and focus more on you or something that's important to you. You've worked hard on your mental health and on your finances and on your personal and family relationships, and it's okay to give in to a little of what you desire. Now, on to love. You and your love interest may have been a bit interrupted. The star card tells us that there's still a bright spark between you two, Stop and take notice. Do a little stargazing in each other's eyes. 
not necessarily the sky, although the sky is fun. But notice the twinkle in each other's eyes. You'll automatically smile, just even it's a cracked little smile. Isn't that adorable? Absorb that energy from each other. Now, sometimes love is not going great for everyone. If you're having some trouble in your love life, move your stargazing toward another who will reflect it back to you. For those who have been in a very long commitment, ignite that old spark with a text or a gesture of care that's a little bit out of the everyday norm. Stop them in the kitchen for a longer kiss or hold their hand in the car and remind them of all the little ways that you appreciate them. They'll love you for it and you might just see their eyes sparkle a little bit, which is always enjoyable. Okay, money, where your finances are concerned. If you've been feeling like your balance is lower than it should be, do a little sleuthing and investigation to see what might be a leak in your bucket. Make a book, notebook, a spreadsheet, or something where you write down all of the subscriptions you have and maybe stop a few that may be trickling in that you don't need. Pick up some things to make a quick sandwich or a salad for dinner so that you're not tempted to spend too much on takeout. Dinner is one of those sneaky ways of depleting our finances more than we realize. So, um, but we don't always feel like cooking either. So have some easy things on hand that are economical and give you a break. If you're okay right now, money-wise, consider making some investments into some environmental causes. The star card is telling us to maybe invest some things in the home that reduced waste, chemicals, or eliminate some other harm to the planet. So this benefit of this is it's usually good for our health too. The star card also tells us about our career moving and shifting a little bit in a different direction. There's some mindfulness to the exercise of thinking before making a leap into something new. Make a pros and cons list and compare. And then do another list. Call it a short-term versus long-term list and identify what benefits you will get now and what benefits you will get later. While pros and cons can sometimes help, knowing the short-term versus long-term can be even more helpful. Map out the details of actions. Once you've decided on a path, settle on it and be confident in it. The more energy would be needed at the beginning perhaps of the new job, but once you get into a groove, you'll be able to relax a little bit. With family, there's always a need for some energy toward these relationships. The star card tells us that if you're draining your energy on family, please take a break. If you're a parent and working hard at work and then working hard at home, invest in a babysitter, a nanny, or enlist the help of a family member to help you. If you can, see if the kids can go to another place so you can lay in bed in comfort and peace with a good book or a nap. You will feel so restored afterward and it will be good for your children to have a restored parent. If you're caring for elderly parents, don't be afraid to have a calm heart to heart about a specific matter. They might not want to talk about it, but initiating that gives them permission to let go a little bit and go ahead and talk about it. This could lead to a little bit of emotional cleansing for you. And if you need to reserve your energy, take a break as if you were raising children. 
Next, I'd like to give you a journal prompt for the week. If you have a notebook, you may want to write these down or use an app on your device. Or if you prefer not to write, you can just listen and use this as your meditation. Here are three questions to ponder upon. Number one, what is your awareness of your energy levels? Are you fully in tune with your limits or are you pushing yourself too hard? Are you waiting until you're depleted to notice where your boundaries are? Number two, what are some ways that you can conserve your energy? Do you need more advanced notice for things? Can you say no to some things? What about making a task less complicated? Think of saving your energy like saving money. All the little things add up. Number three, what are your feelings about what you deserve? Do you feel guilty about tending to your needs? Are you comfortable with it? You know you deserve it. If you don't know it, you should know it. And I'm here to tell you that you do. Think about some ways you can change your mindset to make sure that you know you deserve to have rest and moments of indulgence. Okay, now we're going to talk about a tool of the trade. This week is going to be a buildup of the last episode where I talked about anointing oils and how they're used. The first oil I'd like to talk about is castor oil. It sounds kind of funny and you may think of movies where castor oil was used in the olden times for various things that we don't know what they used it for except to punish children, which thank God we don't do that anymore. Don't drink castor oil because it can induce vomiting. So don't do that. Castor oil is a thick and sticky kind of oil but it's actually really good for the skin. And here's why it's very, very rich in vitamin E. And as a matter of fact, it's probably one of the richest sources of vitamin E that you can put on your skin. And this has a fatty acid called ricinoleic acid, and it helps smooth the skin. Castor oil is considered a humectant. And a humectant type of oil is one that draws humidity from the outside air and draws it into the skin. And it's one of the best ways if you're getting a little older like I am, it can help combat the signs of aging. You can use it at night by taking a cotton ball and rubbing a little bit on areas where you'd like to smooth out some wrinkles that are starting to form. Um, You can also have it on all day long if your skin is starting to dry out and it really helps keep the moisture in your skin, which is good for collagen production and other things to just kind of keep that younger, healthier glow to your skin. If you have acne prone skin, let's say you're somebody in your 20s, you might not want to put this on your face because it could contribute to some breakouts. So maybe for you, castor oil would be good in the winter time when your hands are really dry or on your feet. If you're looking to moisturize your feet or your legs, uh, castor oil can be really good for your skin. If you are acne prone, maybe consider a lighter oil like grapeseed. If your hair is damaged, you can also use castor oil as an overnight treatment to help reverse some of the damage caused by overprocessing. What you would do is you would add some to your hair at night and really cover it. 
It's castor oil is inexpensive or at least try to find an inexpensive version of it. Put enough on there that it's really coated and then put a shower cap on your head. Or if you don't want to sport a shower cap, then maybe put a towel on your pillow and then let that sit overnight. When it's done, you rinse some of the excess off in the morning. If rinsing doesn't work, do a real light shampoo and your hair should be much softer. And again, this is not an oil to use on food or in cooking or to eat because it can really cause some intense stomach upset. It can even cause rashes and muscle cramps. So be sure to use castor, castor oil externally only. Okay, so I think I've covered some important topics for today and I've talked about one oil, but in the next episode, I might cover a little bit more. Um, But again, I want to thank you so much for listening today on something that's very near and dear to my heart. And if you need help, please call the suicide hotline that's available out there. You can Google it. Um, I don't I don't have it, but know that you're not alone. You can email me at michellelorraine at beingwitchy.com and um, I will be happy to listen and feel free to comment on my blog and, you know, we can have a community out there too. So um, just, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful time with this witch's new year. Really go for whatever it is you want to go for. If you want to do an ancestor dinner, if you want to doll up and glitter from head to toe if you want to be inside and not give out candy if you want to go for a a walk in the woods whatever you want to do be good to you and and do something that you really really want to do and be sure to hit the subscribe button when you go to potionsandparchment.com I hope that you'll keep listening and thank you again for your time beautiful wonderful happy Halloween and New Year to you.